1: Pack-A-Day Podcast. What's going on, Packers fans? Welcome into a Saturday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am, once again, Matt Frelick on the Saturday version of the podcast. However, not only will you be getting less meteorology takes, that is all shifted back to Thursday now with Mark, Paul, and, of course, Jason. But we're bringing back the Saturday squad, or I guess, maybe not the Saturday squad that once was, but at least Janelle and I. And Eli will join us at one point when he's done traveling. He's got some stuff. He actually had to go check out some real estate down in Chicago that Aaron Rodgers wanted to check out for him. Must be some sort of acquisition going on there since he owns half the state at this point. But um, I am Matt Fralick, like I said, and I'm joined once again by my former co-host and friend of Packers content, but specifically Pack-A-Day podcast, Janelle Mackey. Janelle, what the hell's going on? How are you?
2: Yeah, this is really exciting. I remember when we were told we would no longer be working together and, you know, obviously very sad because we were somebody, we were a pairing that had been together since the very beginning of Packaday. so obviously I'll miss working with Dan, but, you know, he's busy being a father now, so kudos to him and his wife, but yeah, I'm really excited that we get to be reunited and it's going to be different because obviously I've been on Tuesdays for the last, like, three years but you know i'm excited to have the weekend gig now and get to be able to work with you again
1: the weekend gig i'll tell you what it, it we were kind of talking right when we got in here and just catching up a little bit like it can be kind of a, a pain to be honest logistically especially if there's like news that comes out and you don't pre-record but like honestly like friday like you can get some good stuff come friday news dump and like i you know we'll get through the off or whatever together me you and eli but yeah, you know, Friday. Fridays you make work. Tuesdays relatively. I feel like you're, or at least Mondays, a little bit of lower information. Sometimes you get stuff, but Saturdays have been a little bit of a, a silver lining. I must say, at least throughout the season. So, um, unfortunately, not much news to get to today. Uh, yesterday, they they the the team got to the Leroy, Leroy Butler Hall of Fame nomination, which is fantastic, well deserved. Um, mm-hmm. And also Aaron Rodgers getting the MVP neither of those I feel like are like surprising. Right. I mean, we, I, I think the MVP for me, at least was like, yep, he's going to go back to back. He had, you know, flashed the four fingers to the, someone um, at the golf tournament he was at the waste management one in Phoenix, the re- Leroy Butler one. I was kind of on the fence about if that was going to happen. Cause people have been so pissed for so long and he hasn't got in. Um, I was like, you know, adventure, going to happen. I feel like people are a little bit more passionate than I was, but either of those surprising to you and then any takes on them um, regardless.
2: Um, No, neither was surprising, and I think there was a little bit of relief uh, knowing Butler. You know, he obviously posted it before it was announced, so that kind of took off a little bit of the stress of, hey, we're going to bring the team on, so that was kind of cool, and obviously he was the first one to walk out, and yeah, just one of the best guys, and I've actually had the opportunity to talk to him before, which was awesome, and he's just one of the most genuine people I've ever talked to. Like, you wouldn't think that he has accomplished what he has the way that he just talks to you like... A person and just you know one of the most down-to-earth people and more than deserving of this honor so it's really cool to see that and then obviously Aaron Rodgers playing the way he did um the other nominees being Cooper Cup and Tom Brady and Cup one Offensive Player of the Year so you kind of knew like okay I mean I really didn't you know I didn't think that he was even going to be in the running he got one vote but you know it's Tom Brady. So you never really know what's going to happen, but I'm really glad that Rodgers did come away with that fourth one, obviously only at the top with Peyton Manning, who has five. So they're the only two who have more than four MVPs. And I just love watching Rodgers play football. And especially at the high level that he does it, it's fun and it makes me love the game. And, you know, obviously things don't always turn out the way you want it to, but I mean, what more could you ask for during the regular season from your quarterback than what he was doing at his age? So congrats to him and congrats to Butler Two very high accomplishments. Obviously, there were a couple other Packers who um, were up for a couple nominations, but didn't walk away with anything, but that doesn't discredit their work. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of positive takeaways, and it's nice to see a couple guys walk away with some hardware.
1: Definitely. And Leroy's a hell of a guy. I was joking with a colleague a couple weeks ago. Like, he just – I'm not sure what his financial situation is, but I feel like he's just always doing something like he's always at, like, yeah. like he's at a Piggly Wiggly in uh, like Wanakee or he's at, you know, the festival of foods in De Pere. Like he's just always out and about and it's yeah. it's cool that you can see him that way. That's awesome. I mean, he's pushing the brand though. Right. He's got, he's got the spirit brand he's pushing, but
2: yeah. And he f- he told us too, when I had reached out to him about having him on open book on game on Wisconsin, he said he loves doing those smaller shows and helping people grow their brand and, he's just that kind of guy. And I mean, he's just so likable and his personality is amazing. And so it's like to have a guy like that off the field and also see his on field accomplishments. It's yeah, it's awesome. And like you said, he's just a very personable guy. He's just out in the community doing whatever. And he, he loves every bit of it too. There's never a moment where there's not a smile on his face and he's just one of those guys who, you know, you see someone like that and it instantly fills your cup a little bit because he's just that kind of person. So yeah, I could not be happier for him, and I mean, I don't think he's stopped smiling and posting, and it's just awesome to see. So I can't wait till till the actual induction in Canton.
1: Did you see the video he put out on Twitter at all? Like um, the, the bus
2: one or the one from the bus?
1: The bus one.
2: Yeah, I did. I I had to rewatch it multiple times, and it was like in <laughs> yes. my ears. I'm like, I think he's saying what I'm saying and what I'm hearing, but I can't tell him. There's just so much happening, and then you look at who's on the bus, and he, yeah, it's just. You know, and he's talking about like gonna be the first one off and it's like, okay, so this this must be it. I had to listen to it multiple times and make sure I heard what I thought. So yeah, and it's just like, Well, you know, I did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. There there's a couple things I took away from that. One, I wanna like commend. I feel like Leroy is just a very authentic person, right? Like mm-hmm. some people would have, you know, a social media team or the agent or a manager like running it, but like that's just that's just Leroy. What we've come to find out on, on like since his post-career, like obviously Twitter runs around when he retired, but like, since he's got into it, that's just kind of how he operates, right? His, his tweets might not be sound as far as grammatically correct, or even, you know, structured wise, the way I would, maybe you or I would tweet out, but like, he's just who he is. Right. Yeah. I also got vibes from that, um, from that video. Um, There's another example I was thinking of like, where it was just, it, it just, it was, it was, you know what it was? It was like the NFL honors last year with Aaron Rodgers, where he kind of mentioned in his acceptance speech. Remember when he kind of just like snuck in, like, thank you very much. This is a great year. I'm engaged. It's been a really good off season. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah. did, we, <laughs> did we miss something there? So that, that was kind of the other vibe I took from it. And like, as far as the, the Rodgers thing, like super dope. Super dope suit, like a corduroy suit. I, I, I mean, he's definitely dipping into his bag of the big Lebowski. Yeah, I'd say
2: it's okay. So your team corduroy suit.
1: I mean, I can't pull it off. It's pretty ridiculous. Like it's, it's the opportunity to have to present itself for me to buy one. Would I buy a tan corduroy suit? Probably not. It's not. See, I, mean,
2: like, it, I, I thought he wore it really well. I, I, think, I think he, he did, but
1: to- like. Yeah.
2: Work on the hair. Like, you know, obviously I'm a hair person. Yep. I think oh, yeah. he, it's getting longer, so it takes a little bit more maintenance. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something he'll learn. Otherwise, I think he just needs to trim it a little bit because it's getting a little scraggly at the end. But, you know, Agreed. it, it's something that had worked for him through the offseason. You know, maybe he could have gone with like a low man bun. That would have been maybe mm-hmm. more acceptable. But no, I the suit, I, I thought it was very Aaron Rodgers. Yes. You know, very a lot of people... Unbranded don't like it, but you know, that's who he is and this is his personality. And I think the pictures looked really good in it. Like maybe not so much on stage, like depending on the lighting, but no, I mean, yeah, and Eli, obviously who couldn't be with us, had a couple positive things to say about Aaron Rodgers, which I'm sure you you can assume you know exactly what he would say, that he's the best quarterback to ever play the game, very deserving. Gonna go chase the fifth MVP next year as well as the Super Bowl with the Packers. So that's eli's take i'm assuming is what he would say i've worked with him long enough to know and i mean if you just follow him you know those are basically you know that's i'm making up these words as if he said them but it's not uncharacteristic for him to actually say this so i think that uh yeah it it was it was nice you know i really enjoyed last night's show i felt like for the most part everybody won who should have won and that's really nice to see
1: Absolutely, and I was going through. I had to read our our DMs here. I was like, "Is she verbatim saying what Eli said?" And, and no, you just know Eli well enough off of open book <laughs> and recording the podcast that you know how he thought. Also, like you mentioned too, NFL honors. Um, Aaron Jones is up for Walter Payton Man of the Year. He didn't get that. Andre Whitworth did. Andrew Whitworth did. Excuse me. Um, Mike Vrabel won the Coach of the Year. Kind of surprising, but I think the late push and just all the injuries they went through. Um, yeah. kind of toppled We're- over. And-
2: yeah. I mean, you can almost make the same argument for uh, Matt LaFleur and the Packers, though, you know, injuries and mm-hmm. three years in a row now, Matt LaFleur has had a 13 win regular season. Um, obviously, two NFC championship games and then a number one seed this year. Unfortunately, it didn't end the way we wanted it to. But I mean, I think some people like to put the narrative that because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, that means Matt LaFleur can kind of hide behind that a little bit. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just one piece. Matt LaFleur has to work with the entirety of the team. And I think that he has been doing a very good job of that. And also it's important for him to have that relationship with Rodgers. And, you know, Rodgers doesn't run the team, but him and Matt LaFleur do have a lot of input together. And I I don't want people to discredit Matt LaFleur because he has the MVP quarterback playing for him. I think it's just, it's a, coach of the year nominee and an MVP quarterback working really, really well together. And that's not something that a lot of teams get. So I think that we're very blessed and thankful to have a tandem like that. And going forward, I hope we have more of the same. And then, yeah, you kind of mentioned Aaron Jones, which, which I tweeted about last night. Like, yeah, he didn't win the award, but there's 32 guys who are up for that award and he's done so much for, you know, football and the community and just, you know, the, the football world and especially all the things that he's gone through and to be able to, like, just continue to do what he does and be himself and honor his family the way he does. He's just such a likable person and the world is just better with people like him. So even though he didn't walk away with the honor, he's still one of those guys who I'm very thankful to have on this team on and off the field
1: absolutely like that that's super well said like there's only one winner of that walter payton man of the year but like all 32 of those guys and people that just like impact their community that have that platform as an nfl player and unfortunately like with aaron jones like we saw his personality more this year than we ever had but that was kind of parlayed with the fact that his is Father passed away, right? And we were able to see it based off of you know some promos with um the necklace how uh, they sold that in before one of those primetime games and just him being Walter Man, just everything about him. Like we kind of knew that as Packer fans, but like it was really on a national scale this year to see that. But um, Matt Lafleur, like you said, I. I'm surprised he didn't win it unfortunately like you don't go through enough adversity probably to be able to get there over his 3 years you know it just hasn't been enough um but he still got the best eyebrows in the game and Aaron right. shout it out Aaron shouted out Mrs. LaFleur for making those in check. So let's pivot here a little bit you know we're going to have some fun Saturday podcast what the hell are we going to talk about for the the Super Bowl obviously LA Rams Bengals should be a hell of a matchup I'm sure everyone will be eating drinking doing whatever they do tomorrow but today we're going to kind of you know I'm going to try to preface this and segue this properly you and I met that you were still in college i was just post out of college i think of a famous game we play in college is um a version of maybe i don't want to i don't want to go down you know super crude i think josh moser actually former fox guy interviewed uh mike mcdaniel the head coach down for the dolphins he did kill kill kiss or marry we're gonna kind of do something similar to that there's a um Something very <laughs> ill situation out there, too. But we're going to come up with our own here. It's going to be keep goodbye restructure. And that's just based off the Packers roster, right? So, um, and it's not just the current roster. It's obviously guys that are free agents, guys that are coming into a, a contract year or a rookie option year. Or dudes that are just, frankly, getting paid too much damn money. That's where the restructure comes up. So, we got keep, goodbye, restructure. And we're going to just sh- shoot it from the hip, you know. I'm going to come up with a couple names you're going to tell me what your thoughts are. I'm going to tell you what my thoughts are. I'm going to try to stump either one of us. I started really, really easy with this list. And then as I worked my way down, I definitely added two, three, four that I think are a little bit tougher. We're going to try to stick to five, see how it goes. If we agree too much, we'll probably go to six, seven. If we argue over two of them, we'll argue for the next 20 minutes, 30 minutes and call <laughs> it a day. So first and foremost, just to get the the wheels spinning here a little bit, I I, I I'm going to have to bring one of these guys up at some point, but I'm going to do it right off the bat, but I'm going to start with Adrian Amos. He's on contract through 2023. The Packers are in absolute dire straits when it comes to their salary cap. That's well known. Anyone that wants to learn more about the salary cap, don't listen to Janelle and I, because we get all of our information from Ken Ingles. Ken Ingles is the dude on Packers Twitter for the salary cap. Um, he keeps me in check all the time. And I reference his, his pin threaded tweet, probably once a week especially it'll even be more once free agency starts in a month here but Adrian Amos you know 2023 will he be a cap casualty right now since they're about what 60 million dollars over 45 million whatever the hell it is do we think Adrian Amos needs to be cut do we think he needs to be restructured do they keep him throughout this year and into the next and see what he does what are your thoughts with the man in the back and that's really he's kind of a silent assassin back there
2: yeah I think that you know we didn't see his name too much we didn't highlight him a lot this year but I think that's just because he was locked down in his role this year and um you know I think last season it was the safeties who were really holding the DB group together and this year it was a little bit more vice versa where it's the cornerback that was the stronger of the two so we didn't hear as much about Adrian Amos and that's not necessarily a bad thing um you know Savage he started off hot and then kind of declined a little bit which was frustrating so Amos really had to step it up and for the most part you didn't see much action in his area. And that's not a bad thing. You know, he's just holding it down. He's doing his job and shows up, does his work and goes home. And I think that's something that's really respectable about him is just his work ethic where he comes in here and he hasn't really shown any kind of decline or any reason that I would want him off this team. I think he's more important than people realize, because like I said, you're not hearing his name as much, but that's because you like, usually guys like that, if you're not hearing their name, it's because their guys are covered or they're not getting beat. Um, so I think Amos maybe, you know, because he is through 2023, there's a possibility to restructure. I'm not sure. I don't know all the numbers for everyone's contracts, but you know, with the way that the cap is going, there's a lot of guys who you might have to have these conversations with. And I think that Amos is a guy who you could have that conversation with about, Hey, you know, we want to bring back most of the team. We want you to be a part of that, but with that comes a little bit of contract restructure and then you can put in incentives for him. So I think that he's the kind of guy who you could offer that to and he would be more than willing because this team needs him for sure. So if you can't restructure him, I still think you need to keep him, but I do think that he's one of those guys who you could have that conversation with and hopefully restructure just to get that cap down a little bit. And yeah, but I, no goodbye for him for me
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely like i i'm glad you agree because I've, I've i've heard that name floated around probably more than i like um i try not to get too emotional with these players on you know the pack i mean aaron Rodgers is a guy that like that and there's there's guys that you just kind of have you, you and i have grown up with right through our teens and actually been mm-hmm. more invested in this team where adrian amos was a dude when he got drafted by the bears and you know it was through his first rookie year or maybe his sophomore season like dude, this guy's a baller and when they ended up basically flip-flopping him and haha through free agency, I was like, incredible. We got Amos. And I was, that was a huge splash year, Right. But I mean, for him to walk away, for them to cut him would just be detrimental to me. I, I realized like, you know, I'm looking at his contract here and it was, it was end loaded, right? Like it was, it's 11.9, basically 12 million. He's going to get this year out of his $36 million deal. He signed in 2019. I, I personally, you know, I look at the, the other thing I want to look at is the free agency market for those, those safeties and like tyron matthews up there marcus williams marcus may i mean there's a bunch of dudes that uh, anthony harris keen o'neill like there's a bunch of guys like it's it's a pretty saturated safety market so it would make me think that his price would drive down unfortunately for adrian specifically in his pocketbook he's never really had that huge contract like obviously that rookie deal with the the bears is very very minimal um as an un you know as an undrafted or undrafted guy i believe but like you look at what he signed with the Packers, like that's just, the second deal, is supposed to be a big deal, right? Like the third one can always be the 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 large one, but he's going to turn thirty years old once his deal is finally up in twenty twenty three. I just i i i'm fearful that someone might throw him some money if he were let go, or he knows that what his value is. So mm-hmm. based off what him him knowing what his value is and where the 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 free agency market is, I mean, essentially it's it's Tyron Matthew and everyone else. Tyron's going to set the, set the standard. So if it, if it's too high and Amos thinks like, Hey, you know, release me, see where I can get paid elsewhere. You obviously need to pay these other guys, Devante's contract, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Other guys we're going to get into at this point, maybe he looks for more of a, or, or money. The, the problem with Amos is, and it's also a positive. The positive is, like, he doesn't talk much. The negative is, like, we don't really know what this guy's personality is, right? Like, we know he's from Baltimore, Maryland. We know he's, you know, he, this is a second home here. He's he's found a good fit with two different uh, defensive coordinators. But we don't really know his personality. So, if I got to pick, like you said, it's 100% not, not cut him. I, I would hate that to happen. I think it's a potential. He's probably in the top 10 for guys they'd want to cut to save some cap. Um, I think it's restructure. I think it's absolutely push out that $12 million and change come 2022. See if you can push it out. Maybe even make him a bigger deal. Maybe make it three years. I mean, it's going to all dictate what Tyron gets, in my opinion, and how many more years you're going to get out of him. Like I said, like come 2023, he's going to be 30 years old. Like how many more years can you get out of him? Can you sign into another four year contract? Also, part of it i'm not going to bring his name up but it it definitely impacts this is darnell savage like he's not a player we're going to discuss but like his fifth year options came up i think there's a cheesehead tv article that came out this week just about like will they pick that up that's going to be huge and i think one of whichever one of those happens might make me lean towards either side whether amos is you know, obviously hopefully not released restructured, or if Darnell Savage's fifth year option is picked up, whatever the case may be, it's going to have me lean either side where they're thinking with the safeties, but please restructure them. Don't let 31 go. I love that dude in the back end. He's one of my favorite safeties in the league and he just goes about his business. Like you said, Mm -hmm. um, 2021 or excuse me. Yeah. Like that or 2020, that was a super, super safety heavy team. 2021, they had injuries at the the cornerback position, but the productivity for the safeties wasn't there. So that's that's kind of where I'm going to leave it at. Uh, the next one I'm going to bring up here, I'm going to bring them up early. You know, I, be, I think for anyone that's looked at the free agency market or not free agency, the salary cap market for the Packers, it's like who is on contract next year in 2022, and you look and it doesn't take you very far down to see an absolutely astronomical number from Cedarius Smith. And Preston Smith, they both have super super high contracts. Obviously, Zadarius is going to is uh, set to make a lot more money next year. I think it's like twenty seven million dollars something, twenty two million dollars. Like, how are they going to pay him? Really damn good question. Since they're in the red right now, uh, it's twenty seven point six, just to be accurate. So, uh, and then Preston's not far behind from him at nineteen point seven. I, I kind of want to make this a little more challenging because it seems like the consensus Janelle is Zadaria Smith being cut, but Preston Smith, Zadaria Smith, which one do you prefer to keep over the other? And I'm kind of going to pigeon you whole and you, you don't get to restructure. I mean, you could restructure, I guess, but are either, either one of these, you're leaning more heavily towards keeping goodbye restriction between the, the Smith brothers.
2: So this shouldn't be as easy of a decision as it is for me, which is yeah. really surprising. I absolutely love Zedarius Smith. There's nothing that I hate about him, but Preston Smith has just, he proved himself this year to me, especially in the absence of Zadarius. And, you know, he took that pay cut to be here and I love him for that. And then he came out here and he earned his incentives and he just played like a monster. And it's really hard for me to want to get rid of a guy like that. You know, Zadarius obviously – I don't want to knock a guy for having an injury, you know, obviously that's not on him. That's just his body's fault. But I mean, those kinds of injuries, you don't know how they're going to affect him later on. And especially, you know, only going up in age and especially at that position. Um, I know he came in at the end of the season, obviously he was able to return, which I'm really glad that he did get to take those snaps at the end of the season. So we got to, if they are his last snaps with the Packers, we got a few good ones with him, but it's just, Preston Smith stood out so much to me this year that he of the two is the one that it would be harder for me to see go.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: That's U N I F Y D slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the unified healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of where I land. I wasn't sure where you you started with Zedarius. You like Zedarius a lot. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, Preston's, I love them both.
2: Like, I love dearly. them both too. with my whole I, heart. They brought such personality to this team, and Zedarius was just such a a natural leader coming in so fast. But it's just you know, if I have to pick one or the other, it's tough. But it's Preston Smith. Just he did it for me this year.
1: I don't disagree and like unfortunately i mean obviously this pandemic killed a lot of shit but it really killed the the press conferences in the locker room between the smith mm-hmm. brothers right like that was so damn fun in 2019 and we never really got that the yeah. following year um i i kind of have to agree with you i mean i i hate to you know fall in line with you again here but like the big thing for me is like i mean zadarius you can't be the highest second highest paid player on the team coming off a back injury don't really know what you're going to get out of them Yes, it was great to see him get a sack in the final game, potentially in Lambeau Field in that playoff game. But, like, dude, like, th- we got to cut some money at some point. And that's just, yeah. like, that is just the nature of this 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 business. Like, a back injury, you really don't know what to expect. I I think deep down, I, this is just based off of just a gut feeling that I feel like Zadarius was kind of more worried about his own longevity of his career. And that is absolutely in his own right to do that this year where Mm -hmm. he missed so many games um, where I feel like the Packers were like, maybe we wanted to get you back sooner. I could be completely off with that. But I feel like is like looking at it's like, hey, man, I got to be able to make as much money as I can in this league. And I don't blame any athlete to do that. if You have that opportunity, unfortunately, to be the second highest paid player behind right now behind Aaron Rodgers. And that'll change. Obviously, this this offseason progresses. Just you can't do that. And like you said, you nailed it on the head like Preston Smith. 2020 Preston Smith I was very upset with very Mm -hmm. very upset he definitely didn't look in the shape that he needed to be he absolutely regressed from the previous year Um, some of it he was put into bad situations like Mike Pettin but that's why he was without a job so the comeback for in 2021 Preston Smith well that was his year like he he balled the hell out and deservedly so should he be restructured should he not be I'm not sure I mean if I could pick between the two, I'd say Zedarius probably has to cut. In a perfect world, we would structure Preston. That might actually have to happen, regardless. But I'm with you. Like, get Zedarius can walk. Let Rayshon Gary maybe step in those shoes. Tell Preston, like, hey, you are the guy. Like, we can't have you know we can't have this like on again off again um, relationship where you're you're balling out the first year right. you're here, then you fall back and like. Based off of a pattern, Preston, it looks like you would take a, a, a year off and try to want to line up in, in the slot and cover uh, you know receivers one-on-one. So we can't oh, have that in 2022. So I'm going to agree with you on that one. Let's yeah. transition back to the secondary. Here's a name that hasn't came up a ton, but when you actually look at the offseason and who are free agents, he's a name that comes up. Chandon Sullivan. He's a free agent. 25 years young. He'll be 26 years old. He made just about $2 million this last year. Any thoughts keeping saying goodbye to Chandon or re- I guess not restructuring, but signing to uh, a deal. And What are your thoughts with number 39 there?
2: I mean, it's tough because Sullivan has obviously done a lot of really good things for this team, but he has also done things that you can find from other guys. Um, You know, that cornerback room has become so wealthy that even a guy like him who performs well, it could still not be enough. And I think that's what's really tough is, you know, Chandon Sullivan, obviously, he's not the biggest name in that room. He is relatively consistent, but there is also times where it's like, okay, like, what are you doing out there? And, you know, it depends on who, who you keep in that room and who you line up where, but sullivan yeah depending on the cap like they have to make cuts in some places um and i don't know that that room. there's other guys who i want to see them keep but it also you know a guy who in the cornerback room that i'm sure is you know obviously getting a lot of attention you know you have the kevin king but those are two very different types of cornerbacks so again it depends on like it depends on the schemes that they want to use them for. Like if you want to run one way, then you keep Sullivan and cut King. But if you want to go a different route and you need King for that, you know, kind of a safety net if something happens and there's injuries, which is kind of what he was used for this last year, a couple of times, then maybe you say goodbye to Sullivan. So it's a really interesting way to look at it because yeah, there's just so many different types of bodies in that cornerback room, but I could see him potentially being a cap casualty and, you know, just one of those more replaceable guys. And you can explore maybe similar type of play and free agency for something a little bit cheaper, or just hope that somebody who you have on roster can step up or, you know, don't really know a whole lot about that position in the draft or whatnot. You know, it's, it's one of those tough things where, you know, Sullivan has done a lot of good, but unfortunately Sometimes that's not enough when it comes to the cap.
1: What the hell are you doing, Janelle? Are you selling him to go go goodbye? He's, he's not getting resigned. Is that what you're telling me?
2: I yeah, I think so.
1: Okay. Well, so are we agreeing re-
2: again or are you gonna are we gonna have different perspectives here?
1: No, no. We're we I wanna I the reason I put Sullivan in here is because Kevin King, Razul Douglas are also free agents, right? As cornerbacks. Yeah. And I feel like they get talked about so much based off of Kevin King. Oh, he got brought back for a one-year deal. They could have signed XYZ player. Kevin King actually played pretty damn good this year. Uh, yeah. The problem okay. is and I would
2: like to like people who know,
1: yeah, like
2: I, I am like one of the only Kevin King supporters out there in the Packers sphere. Yep. I, somebody has to love him. I have claimed that title for him. So, you know, and yeah, he came back on that one year you know, kind of prove it and also safety net deal and uh-huh. win times of injuries. He came in and he did just fine.
1: But the, the because problem people hate is,
2: Kevin King, yeah. they like to nitpick any little problem he has. And I <laughs> mean,
1: the problem is there's there's two things with Kevin King. One, I can, you know, obviously the the unfortunate play where he didn't practice a whole entire week and then plays versus Tom Brady and just has a bad yeah. lapse of judgment on jumping a ball. That's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> my biggest problem with Kevin King is his his injured. availability. Yeah. Is you just constantly injured? Like yep. you can't like your best ab- your best ability is availability. Like you can't have that. So like I don't think he comes back. Brazil Douglas also a free agent. He's been talked about probably more than I mean he's he's definitely up there because it's like he's he's like the Devondre Campbell exactly. Like it's like you'd love to bring him back, but like that guy should go get paid, right? Like you, why would you want to? So like the reason I bring in Shannon Sullivan's, like he seems like the most plausible one to bring back because right now it's Jair Eric Stokes and then what the hell is the the, the nickel corner right like mm-hmm. ideally in in my eyes you know there was it's Joe Barry needs a certain player to play that nickel back star position and everyone's talked about it it it's became a, a conversation throughout this entire week Adrian Amos was considered at that spot at one point Jair probably was and even would be more so if they had two guys on the bookends to cover the one and two receivers on the outside, not the slot, you know, Chandon Sullivan, for God's sakes in July, there was, he was being put into that spot and it just didn't work out. So that's why I wanted to bring Chandon up. Cause he's, I mean, he's kind of the forgotten man of that free agency uh, cornerback room. I personally, and you nailed it towards the end of what you said there, there's probably better talent, not better. There's probably comparable talent out there. Yeah. Whether he's going to have the same camaraderie with those, those corners in the, you know, the one year under Joe Barry, maybe, maybe not, maybe they can find a veteran that was with Joe Barry at some point or Mike Smith, the linebacker coach or, you know, Matt LaFleur at some point, find it, a guy to bring in, bring it. I mean, maybe some of these young corners are going to be able to play. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, the only reason I would say maybe bring him back is just here is that there's that continuity. He should be a little bit cheaper. He's probably the third best one that you're going to let walk. And if and when a injury would happen again to Jair or potentially Eric Stokes, where does that leave your team at that point? But I trust Goody to be able to go out and at least snag a guy in the draft or free agency at some point.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: So, we kind of, once again, agree.
1: (laughs) We kind of agree. I don't know. I mean, yeah. We
2: we agree and disagree in different ways.
1: Yeah. Like, we have different perspectives.
2: Because, yeah, like you said, if, if like, Jair or Stokes get hurt, Sullivan isn't the ideal cornerback that you throw into that position. Mm -hmm. He's a very different type. That's where, like, you hope that, I mean... Kevin King is more, again, just like a familiarity, but he's somebody who, you know, you could lose both of them and just hope that there's free agency pickups. So yeah, Sullivan, like again, I have, that's the thing is through this game, I have no problem with any of these players. It's just, you know, business side sucks.
1: Okay. I'm tr- I tried to make this trended towards harder as we get down to it. So we'll see if that can happen. Next player, Robert Tunyon Jr. Currently, okay, a free I was kind of
2: wondering if you were going to throw this name out here. <laughs> Currently
1: a free agent coming off an ACL injury. Obviously, had a monster 2020 season. I expected there'd be some regression there. It looked like there was regression there as far as the touchdown totals go. He gets he tears his knee. The Packers tight end room is is thick. It's it's got a lot of dudes there. Dominic Daphne is also a free agent. Mercedes-Lewis is getting long in the tooth. Deguara probably has underperformed. What do they do? With another great set of hair, good man bun guy. What do they do with Robert Tunyon Jr.? What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, this is because I, I had a feeling you were going to mention him, but it's still just such a tough one to think about because, like you said, you know he's coming off that ACL injury, and you never know how somebody's going to perform after that. Like we've seen a lot of athletes who have great years after injuries like this, and he seemed like you know none of these athletes seem like guys who aren't going to work hard to get back up to their hundred ten percent potential. But you know this this tight end room, you look at it and you're kind of like, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen with Mercedes Lewis. What he, like will he be back or won't he? DeGuara, there's a lot of growth that needs to happen with him. Like there's potential, but he he is still a ways away from it. Daphne, you know, just kind of one of those utility kind of guys. But and you, you know if you, it's almost kind of like if you didn't get rid of Sternberger. Moments before Tunyon tears his ACL, kind of like it just, you know, I like to play that what if game, but Tunyon is somebody who has obviously shown that he can produce with this offense. But at the same time, it's like, is that a product of like the scheme or is it him as an athlete? And that's, you know, in a contract year. When you're coming off of a significant injury, it makes it really, really tough. And you have to think about, you know, okay, who do we have? Who's going to be out there in free agency? I don't want to say, you know, cut him. But at the same time, it's like this tight end room needs to get stronger. And it's just such a big question mark. And he, you know, I love Robert Tunyon so much, but he's somebody who we might need to let walk and I I absolutely hate that because the idea of putting a guy out there in free agency after an injury it's like you just want them to be able to get a job and I think he does so much well like he does a lot of really good things for this team but they it's just you know can you really afford to play that kind of game with the money and also with the tight end room like you gotta you gotta build something up with that room. like you gotta find your true number one tight end target. Because right now, there's a lot of guys who are kind of just like a a 2A, 2B, kind of like, okay, we're more of a second, we're like a number two tight end, but there's no true number one. And Mercedes is is probably the closest to that. But again, you know, he's up there in age, and he doesn't get, you know, top tight end targets. He's just kind of, you know, he's a bigger guy. He's like that sixth lineman. He is a great locker room guy, but he's not putting up huge numbers on the field and again he does a lot that numbers don't tell but I just I don't know Tunyon is definitely one of those really really difficult ones for me where Mm -hmm. it's like I really want it's like I'd love to see the gamble and see what he can do when he comes back because I have no no doubt that he's going to be a baller but it's like is he going to come out and produce those numbers especially with you know all the pass catchers that this team has to offer so I think that he could he could potentially be a cap casualty, which again, like I said, I hate a guy coming off an injury and getting cut, but I think that he's somebody who we may have seen take his last snaps here.
1: I, I mean, it's this, honestly, I can't remember the last time I was like that, like, I just that observant of what they're going to do with the tight end room. You mm-hmm. mentioned like Jace Sternberg. That's a great point. Like, can you imagine if like, they don't like, and then there was some stuff internally with Jace, like, There was just a he wasn't getting playing time. Tanya emerged, Daphne emerged, DeGuara was drafted. It's just like it wasn't going to work out. But can you imagine if he was still on the roster, like the opportunity for? you know, the opportunity for Sternberger again would just be in front of his face. I honestly don't know what the hell they're going to do. I mean, I'm, I I just, yeah, this actually, is the
2: biggest question mark. I'm I glad we I actually page.
1: had my answer. And then I go on the website that we love for uh spot rack. We'd love for the contracts. Everyone uses it. It's the best website ever like fair market value. The standard for tiny right now is like 10.8 million. I don't know what that, you know, I don't know what sort of algorithm or uh, accounting metric they're using, but I don't know if they're accounting like, hey, maybe Tunyon really, really likes getting Aaron Rodgers uh, to throw him the ball. Hey, are they accounting the fact that he is coming off the ACL injury? More than likely, he won't be to 100% until the following 2023 year. I doubt those things are factored in in this. You know, maybe I'm not giving Mm -hmm. spot enough credit, (laughs) but I just don't think that's the case. I think right now, today when we sit here in February, I think that he does come back on a super super team friendly deal because I think he understands that like my best opportunity is probably with Aaron Rodgers. But I think something that's super important to observe is what they do with this the pass catchers in general. Like, do they bring in a complimentary receiver if and when Devontae gets franchise resigned?
2: That's the thing. Is you look at here, like we have receivers who are also up for con- so yeah, it it all depends on everybody else. And I hope you're right where he comes back on that friendly deal because he's like that. He's that kind of person with this team, but got to make cuts someplace. And it worries me that he might be one of them, but
1: yeah, no, it's and like the thing is too, like, cause like I said, Daphne's gone De hasn't been that great. Like, I just feel like you need a guy to like to stabilize that room. Cause Matt Lafleur has from day one been like, we're just going to have a ton of tight ends. Right. And like, let's not omit Tyler Davis. He had a decent run at the end of the year. Good blocker. I think he graded out. Well, Um, but uh, who who knows what you're going to get from him. So uh, this is the, this is one of the positions overall, and especially Tanya, just with that injury, it's so tough to pinpoint what the hell is going to happen with him.
2: Well, the Packers are the team that like every two years they get a new tight end group. You know, they, they, they don't hang on to tight ends for very long. Mm -mm, Now that mm -mm. I'm kind of thinking about it, like you think of the past like maybe seven seasons and you think mm-hmm. about all the different names of tight ends who have filtered through here. But yeah, I do hope that you're right. Cause I trying to think, I can't remember the exact time frame of Tunyon's injury, but you probably won't have him week five
1: week six, If yeah, I had to guess, so you, I think so. you
2: most likely won't have him for a third of your season. So that's also something to take into consideration. Like, do you want to give him the money, even though you won't be able to utilize him? It's just, it's, a really unfortunate there's no good time for an injury but there's no worse time than when money's on the line
1: hell yeah yeah i'm gonna say right now i'll say bring him back um resign him keep him i guess if that's what you're gonna call keep him um just based off of the need continuity you mentioned a good point though that i i was kind of going looking from it um from the forward, you know like what's the future look like based off of Nathaniel Hackett's gone, Matt LaFleur the way he's operated, but I like the way you use history to, you know, tell your story a little bit better. Jared Cook, Martellus Bryant, obviously they did draft Jermichael Finley at one point. Um but guys that like were only Lance on the team.
2: Kendrick, uh oh, geez, Richard Lance Rogers, Rogers. There you go. There you go. Uh, See that's what I'm talking Bennett. about. Like
1: yeah, like it's just like guys that are, like here and gone and like I I mean we don't have a ton to tell off of Matt LaFleur other than the fact that he found something in Tanya or Goody found something in Tanya and he selected the in the third round. And Lord only knows what that plays up from there, but his progressional yeah. impact. You, do, it you a, hope that
2: bit. if Tanya doesn't come back Deguar has a huge step. Has up, And maybe, Absolutely maybe he to. needs just, you know, the opportunity to fulfill that number one role. Mm-hmm. So maybe he has that, what third year bump and you can fingers crossed that that's the case. Cause either way you won't have Tanya for the beginning of the season.
1: Absolutely. Um, that's all the players I have right now Janelle as we wrap up here is there any player I mean this is totally throwing you on the spot anyone that you think they should restructure keep say goodbye to anyone you're super super passionate about that they should bring back or cut or
2: I'm gonna bring up one I only because I've seen this thrown around and I don't (laughs) know if it's more so as a joke but Corey Bajorquez
1: yeah I don't know about that I you know it's really interesting
2: because you know obviously punter for a year has shown a lot but it's like do you gamble and lose your punter? Or do you bring him back? But, you know, like what kind like I'm not I'm not a money person. It's just something it's it's one of those interesting ones that I've seen floating around. But, you know, especially you know, you have a new special teams coordinator. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there were some horquiz kind of showed a little bit of a decline, but the entire special teams did. So mm-hmm. I think he's a name that I'm kind of like, how much better can it get? Because I feel like the punting position, he was one of the better ones. So I don't know if you have a strong opinion about whether you bring him back or not, or if you gamble in free agency or.
1: No, I, th- I think that's a great player to bring up. Honestly, that's a, that's an excellent one. Cause I think anyone in the special team here could be on the chopping block. I think the is super, super solid. I, I, when they traded for him at the end of you know August, I was like, yeah, this might, this guy will work out. And he exceeded my expectations. I thought, I think our was... bar
2: was so low though. Yeah. Me.
1: <laughs> I too. But I think the biggest thing, like you're saying is like, you're bringing in, um, Basaccia. Right. And like, I wish I would have done a little bit more to know that we're going to end up talking about punters at the end of this, but like, how does Basaccia roll? Does he usually ride the same guy? I mean, he's been doing special teams for longer than you and I have been alive. Like he's literally a special teams ace. And I'm interested to see what he believes in, in Corey and that entire room. I mean, hopefully the chemistry there is good with him and Mason and whoever's going to end up long snapping and et cetera in the scheme. But you know, it, it, it's awesome that Basaccia is coming there. I think that's, I'm, I couldn't be more ecstatic for a guy when we're going to hear in some introductory press conferences and just like off season stuff. And I think it's going to be great, but who knows? I mean, anyone that comes in from any profession and I try to relate, you know, football and mm-hmm. athletics as much as like the real world is like, you come in and like you're brand new to an organization or a, you know a company or business, and you want to put your stamp on something and maybe getting rid of Mason Crosby and Cordobo Horkas is exactly what coach Basaccia needs to do. I would hope not. Um, but well, end and Bocorquez is a good name to throw out there. Yeah, I, I, think I did
2: unintentionally know. kind of segue us into really the only news that I did see today in regards to the Packers from Field Yates. So he said, per a source, the Packers are hiring Byron Storer. I hope I said that right. As their yeah. assistant special teams coach, who he has worked in the same role for the past four years in Las Vegas and would be reunited with. I don't even think I've been saying his name right. I've been saying it. Pisashia.
1: Yeah. That sounds okay, good. is
2: that uh, yeah. so? He'd be reunited with him, and Storr was also college teammates with Aaron Rodgers at Cal.
1: No shit. Yeah, I mean, which that's... is
2: really weird to think that, like, a coach and like a player that he could potentially be working with, you know, were teammates at one point. But yeah, that's I unintentionally segued us into the only news of today as we record this on Friday.
1: (laughs) No, that was fantastic because I missed that. I actually don't even somehow don't have Twitter up on my 12 uh, tabs (laughs) right now. That's all spot rec stuff in our recording, but... I appreciate you bringing that up. I mean, the fact that he's worked with Visacha is excellent. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. some continuity there. I think he was a special teamer throughout his short career down in Tampa Bay. The fact that even the nugget that he, like, played on the same team as Aaron Rodgers. So, I'm sure, you know, obviously, someone else other than us knows about that at this point. They'll they'll be bringing that up. But, right. you know, what's most important to Janelle he was a full he was a fullback like that's that's the best Shut thing up. About, yeah it's the best thing Our about Byron brand. Yep, that's that's right into my brand that's exactly what you're a versatile got versatile dude and that's what you're gonna get from the saturday crew a very versatile squad janelle so as we wrap up here janelle obviously eli couldn't make it but obviously check out all of eli's stuff and all of his great videos on twitter eli uh, um check him out there obviously anything on game on wisconsin he puts out is Excellent as well. Janelle, it's been a minute. What Catch me up on what you're doing. What What's going on besides mentoring the youth and um, talking about Packers and athletics all the time?
2: Oh, yeah. So obviously you can find all my work at Big Mac underscore four on Twitter. I do have my link tree in the bio for easier access to all my work. I'm going to have to get used to saying every... Saturday now here on Pack-A-Day podcast. And yes, I've been promoted to every week instead of every other week. So again, have to get used to saying that also. Um, You can also catch me over on Game on Wisconsin on Open Book every Wednesday night at 8.45 p.m. Central with Zach and Eli. Um, We'll hopefully be putting out some articles on Packer Report throughout the offseason. Yeah, and then just lots and lots of hockey right now. Especially, go check out the women's Olympic team because I absolutely love them.
1: How, A, how, how's the NHL right now? I'm very out of touch. What, what do we got? What's going on?
2: Uh, Wild are going to win the cup. So <laughs> Is that, is that real or is that this just This is actually fandom? a realistic expectation we okay. can have this year. So, you know, I said it um, when the Packers lost out the first round. Usually the Wilder are my first round exit. So, maybe this is the year that things switch up for me you know they get past the first round because the Packers lost their first game so fingers crossed but yeah NHL they just are coming off their NHL all-star weekend which was also in Vegas where the Pro Bowl was being held Mm -hmm. Um, then obviously yeah Olympic hockey I love those girls so much and women's hockey is just it's the same but different because Mm -hmm. there's different dynamics to it and This team, I love watching a lot of these girls. You know, there's new ones, but many returners from that 2018 gold team. Kendall Corrin Schofield is my all-time favorite female athlete, and I don't even have to see her number. She's she's the fastest female skater I've ever seen. It's kind of like McDavid. Like, you just know
1: Mm -hmm, who's out mm -hmm. there on the
2: ice. So, I don't have Dan to talk hockey anymore, so I'm getting it in now. But, yeah, if you're into winter olympics definitely 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 check them out especially because they will hopefully be meeting up with canada for a gold medal soon
1: i was that was my final question is yep. it just 100 percent the crash course canada usa and you already answered the question because i think that is absolutely what it's going to be hopefully usa can pull it out um, yeah i don't ever tweet about hockey and the most information i ever got from hockey was um pack of day recordings with you and Dan otherwise now it'll just be <laughs> you and um, hopefully Eli can at least teach me something along the way I doubt that'll happen but you can find me on Twitter still at Matt underscore Frey underscore that's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore right now still helping the boys out and gals out from Game on Wisconsin putting out content with them we took a pause to the final dump until this offseason let that run through hopefully who knows what the storylines will look like when Brendan and I get back in front of the mics end of July early August haven't really determined who knows um, but other than that Check out everyone on pack day Podcast throughout this offseason. Obviously, the Super Bowl is tomorrow. We hope everyone has a great time doing that, whatever your plans are. Um, if there's anyone you disagree with on those four players, or I guess four-and-a-half players Janelle and I mentioned, um, between the Smith brothers, Adrian Amos, Chandon Sullivan, Robert Tunyon, tweet at us, DM us. Mention us in the comments of this tweet on Day Podcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear your comments or any other players you want our opinions on because there's going to be a ton of players. It's not just the guys in the active roster right now. It's all the other players on the peripheral, um, guys that could be resigned and everything else. So make sure you check us out there on Packaday Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, if you're not subscribed and you've been listening to us for the last, I don't know, since Janelle first ever recorded in Lambeau Field, if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, you're losing. Make sure you rate, review us, and send this podcast to all your family and friends. And, of course, always ask Alexa to play Pack-A-Day Podcast. But for Janelle Mackey and as Eli is checking out real estate for his best friend Aaron Rodgers in Chicago, I am Matt Frelick. You guys stay well, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care.